0: Good morning. Can everybody hear me? Tyler turned me on. There we go. All right. Yeah, I need that. Right behind you, Blake. Bring that over here, big man. I need something to lean on in case I fall over right here in the middle. Thank y'all. Fine fellas. Fine fellas. Let me get get my stuff together. So, uh, in case you don't know, Richard Jack and Debbie are not here. And so uh, and the reason they're not here is because they were exposed to the virus. So they're having to quarantine for 14 days. And so uh tough time. Um, but they're they're not showing any symptoms. They're they're doing good. Keep praying that they don't show any symptoms. Um pray for their family, uh, pray for their friends, the ones that's been exposed. This is the new reality, y'all. So if somebody has it. We have to be safe with it, right? Um, there's several of you in this crowd. Y'all've had it, and you're okay. Um, I've lost friends. Some of you lost family too the COVID-19. So I'm, we're not going to play with it, okay? So, and as you know, for the past two weeks we've been off because we had several. Uh, we had a COVID case here at the church. So we're doing what we can to protect y'all, okay? And uh, we want to keep doing that, keep loving on y'all. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, so Jack lets me know, hey, I need you to preach. And, uh, and I'm like, what in the world should I preach about? And w- what, what's been going on, right, in the world? So I'm thinking election, right? I really don't want to preach after election. You know what I mean? And uh, am I getting feedback, or is that just me? Everything good? All right, good. All right, so really didn't want to preach after election because it, it, it's been difficult. And you know, you, you see the news and you think, uh, okay, so we have a new president. And then you see some news and you say, um, it's not done yet. You know, we're still counting. And so, um, what I want to do today is encourage you. Um, my heart desire by the end of this sermon that we don't worship. An elephant that we don't worship a donkey that we worship the lamb, that's my desire for you this morning, okay um i I'm, I'm almost forty years old, so that means I've been through about ten elections. I cannot remember the I cannot remember the first seven or eight elections. Now you think about it you you, you live to be 80, 90 years old, you go through about 20 elections. But this election, for some reason, is so divisive, so because we have so much online, right? We have so much to defend for. We have so much to pray about. And, and guys, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's extraordinary times. But here's the thing that, that I am seeing from fellow believers, and I would preach this to y'all, and I would preach this to my young people over here. Guys, now is not a time to take our eyes off the ball. Now is not a time to take our eyes off of God. Amen? Amen. Man, that was awful quiet. Man. <laughs> I'm just saying, y'all. I'm gonna say this, some of us don't need to have Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Some of you just don't need to have Facebook. You can't handle it. Delete that app and just be done with it. Amen? Amen. Listen, we, we spend so much time reading this stuff, looking at this stuff, and some, of, if not most of it, is disinformation. Then we turn around and say, hey, I don't trust the media. Well, guess what the media owns? Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Let's get back to the days where we talked to each other. You know, my wife is pregnant and I love it, but when we see people in the store together, nobody says anything about it anymore. You wanna know why? Because they saw it on Facebook. Facebook has robbed us of the excitement. Facebook has robbed us of uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you wanna call it, it has robbed us of conversation. I miss the old days of going to the store and be like, well, I don't wanna say nothing Tiana, but she looked pregnant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Kurt definitely looked pregnant, but Tiana, I don't know. <laughs> Kurt has eaten one too many burritos, okay? So what do you do now? Oh, let me get out Facebook. Let's go down this aisle right quick. Let's check. Oh, yeah, she's pregnant. Oh, man, congratulations. <laughs> That's what we do, isn't it? Because we desire that information, and some of you, especially young people over here, and I, and I, love, I love our young people, we can't go three minutes without the phone. We can't go through. We feel like Facebook gives us the information that we need. Guys, what if? What if you just stop? What if you just stop the anxiety and worry and dedication that you put into social media, into this election? What if you put it all into Jesus? Where would you be right now? Spiritually, mentally. Wouldn't it? it's, my, it's my firm belief we would be a better place. We pray for revival. But we don't really desire it because we don't know what it looks like anymore. Yeah, don't get me wrong. You can, Facebook is a tool that a Christian can use. And it's a great tool to have. But guys, let's be real. We don't talk to each other anymore. We don't conversate. We don't live life together. What do, the, the most that we do is hit the like button on Facebook or the or the care button on Facebook, or say, "Hey, I'm praying for you." We I long for the days, and it's very rare, especially when you're in ministry, for someone to call you and say, "Hey, what's going on? How are you?" Isn't that rare? Don't get me wrong. Facebook is convenient, but God lay convenient just robs of, would you rather, if I needed something from y'all, would you rather me send you a text, an email, or would you rather me call you? There's power in conversation, right? You can hear from my heart if I'm passionate about something. You can't hear from my heart if I'm passionate about something if I'm texting it to you, right? I don't know what he means by this. How many arguments have been started over texting and, and all this stuff? And so, I promise you, this is, just, this is not an opinion sermon. I'm going to get some some scriptures. Um, it's just, I want to throw that out there, guys. We need to worship God. God is the one, in the end, who wins. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Joe Biden. It's not whoever it is for the next 20 years that runs for president that we should be looking to. We should look to Jesus Christ. He is the only one who can save. He is the only one who can lead us. He's the only one that can lead our country. And yes, guys, we should use our right to vote. God blessed us with that ability to vote. But guess what? There are countries in this world, but where you serve the same man from the day you're born to the day you die. There are dictators in this world. What do you say to those believers? What do you say to them? Oh, I, that changes the perspective. Yes, we should vote to our biblical standards. We should vote to what we think is right. And God give us, that's what I love about America. But at the same time, does it take away from the believers in China who will never ever get a say and who gets to lead their country. They get killed for being Christian. And we're mad over little stuff. Stuff at the end of the day, it got this way because we ain't been on our knees praying. We've not been in the Word. The reason is just this way because we've not put God first. And that's just my heart desire to tell y'all this morning. Um, let's open up some scripture. Let's go to Luke eight fifteen. It should be up on the screen. And so Luke 8, 15 says this, And the seeds that fell on good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a good harvest. So the question I want to ask from this verse is, How do you get good soil? How do you get a good heart? You have to fight tooth and nail to spend time with God. Some of you don't want to hear that. Some of you need to delete every app on your phone. Some of you need to quit, What I mean, Maybe not go to Starbucks so much. I don't know. Maybe not do, maybe not get online so much. Maybe close the laptop. Maybe turn off the TV. But you have to fight to the nail to spend time with God. Guys, I know what it's like. It is hard. It is hard. Right now we're going through me and Tiana are going through a season where, hey, sometimes we got to let the house get messy. Sometimes the dishes you gotta go unclean. Because I need to spend my time with God so I can preach to you what God wants me to tell you. And the same thing for Tiana. If she, there's no question ever asked. The house could be, look like a bomb went off. And Tiana comes up to me, or I go to her and I say, I need to get ready. I need to get prepared. What do we do? Does she get on to me about the house being unclean, the, the, the laundry not done? No, she doesn't. Do I get on to her? No, I don't. I don't think I do. Do I? No. I don't care like she does. There you go. I feel free already. The truth has set me free. But, guys, what I'm trying to say is you have to make sacrifices. You have to make adjustments in your life if you want to get closer to God. If you have to make adjustments. And sometimes you have to let things go. There are some people that you will meet, everything has to be done in a certain way. It has to be, guess what? God likes to come in there and just make your plans like this up. He like to take that beautiful egg yolk, you know what I'm saying, and just scramble it all up and say, here, what you going to do with this? Because, listen, whether you know this or not, the trials that you're going through right now, the trials that the, the difficulty, the pain, the sadness that you're experiencing right now as a believer or whether in your personal life, God is going to use it for his good. You cannot see it right now. But that's what's so good about trusting in Jesus. See, if you don't have Jesus and life is hard for you, you don't have nowhere to look. You don't have nowhere to turn. But if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you can trust in him and know that he is going to make a way. But the problem is, guys, we don't make good soil in our hearts. And when you don't make good soil in your heart... When you come here on Sunday morning and Jack preached to you, whether it's on TV, whatever it is, or in person, you're not ready to hear what God's got to say. Because you've not been preparing your heart. So I got a thing, uh, and I really hope it works. So uh, McKenna, come on up here. If you don't know, McKenna is my daughter, and uh, she loves me, and she also loves to roll her eyes at me. So uh, that's how I know she's alive—her eyes going to the back of her head. So, no, she is. She is great. I love her. I'm very proud of her. Um, when your heart's not prepared, you can't serve God like He's told you to do. How many people in here have wondered, God, what's your purpose for me? Amen. The problem is, it's not God's going to give you a big neon sign and say, hey, this is what I need you to do. Your first process is you need to get close to the Father so that you can hear his voice through his word. Never forget this. God needs to be the first priority, and his word needs to be the last authority, the final authority. Never forget that on every decision that you make in your life. So I got bottles of rice here, and uh, McKenna, just take this uh, skewer, whatever, kebab, whatever you want to call it, and just stick it down in there, all right, now, I'll pull it up. Okay, now um, pull the skewer up. Pull it up. Pull it up all the way. All right, now put it back in. All right, now now pull it up. All right, so (laughs) you're doing a great job. (laughs) I feel like you're rolling your eyes at me behind me, but I don't know. (laughs) So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull mine. Look, what's the difference? I have prepared this. I spent... Probably two or three minutes mashing this in, crushing it, getting it ready for this so that I can hold it up like this. Can McKenna do this? No. McKenna goes in and it comes right out. Why? Because it's not prepared. This is what happened. When God sends you a message and he's ready for you to move, what happened? Boom. You can't do anything. Why? Because you're not prepared. Thank you, McKenna. Good job. Everybody give her a hand. I usually pick Mark, but Mark got moved somewhere. Where is Mark? (laughs) There he is. Man. Mark played a good one on me. So, So this one's prepared. This one is not. This one I put work into. This one, nothing has been done. I venture to say some of you here this morning, you're like the one that's not prepared. And guess what? That is okay. There is a process in the relationship with God. I don't want you to be disheartened if you're not prepared. I want you to start today. Amen? Amen. You can start today. And listen, guys, you got to trust God. Put your faith in him. Make him number one priority in your life. Because if you don't, guys, you're going to miss the boat. God wants to pick up that skewer and take you to places you have never been before in your life. Whatever dreams you have now, I promise you, God has bigger dreams. Whatever plans you have right now, God laughed at those plans because he has something more extraordinary for you. But the problem is, we think we can do it. We, can, we think we can do it all on our own. And I'm here to tell you guys, it's not about North Point Church. It's not about Cherokee County. It's not about Donald Trump. It's not about Joe Biden. It's about Jesus Christ. If you allow him to work in your life, he will make you into something you cannot imagine, something even greater. He desires a personal relationship with you. Personal. What does personal mean? One-on-one. It doesn't mean if, if Kurt is doing good spiritually, then North Point doing good spiritually. No, that's, that's crap. It doesn't mean if Jack Phillips is doing great spiritually, North Point Church is doing good spiritually. No, that's crap. Jesus wants a, a real relationship with you. The question is, are you preparing yourself? And I'm just trying to give you all something basic. Spend time with God. Let the laundry go. Let the dishes go. Put the phone down. Turn the TV off. Spend time praying to the Father. Listen to the Father. Your relationship with God is the greatest single thing that you can have in your life. And guess what? What's our number one calling in life? What's our number one thing that God wants us to do? He wants us to love. And I'll be honest with you. This past week, I've seen so much hate. I've seen so much hate in the world, on both sides of the aisle. That breaks my heart. And so, here in a minute, um, well, I'm gonna go ahead and bring her up. Come on, Jana. Jana, come on up here. Jana didn't know it, but she's part of my sermon today. <laughs> so, Jana, um. You like Clemson, right? Good. All right. So, so I'm just gonna level with y'all. I went to Burger King yesterday, and I don't know why. Just, it's, it's, I, I don't know why. All of a sudden, my eyes have been open. There, I've seen more homeless in the past couple of days, and I've seen them in a long time. So, i was going through Burger King, and there's a grassy knoll between Burger King and Lowe's, and there was a couple. They were out there with their luggage, and they were just sleeping right there. Guys, I know homelessness and, and stuff is a hot issue for some of y'all because some of y'all are like, hey, they can go to work, whatever. But guys, at the end of the day, there are some situations that people can't help. If they don't feel okay up here, and they don't feel loved, they don't feel like they can offer anything. So what did they do? They feel lost. Anyway, a couple months ago, I preached about fear and how fear keeps you back. See, fear is not of God. See, temptation comes from Satan. Inspiration comes from God. So this young lady, a senior in high school, had felt led to do something, but she was afraid. Right? Right? Yes, pretty much. Tell tell your story. Tell them. Tell them what happened. Turn, Turn her up, guys. All right. So a couple of months ago, Kurt was talking about, like, how we need to, like, make a change or, like, try to be a change or something. And so I was just thinking, like, I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I had texted Kurt one night, I think that night after church, I don't know, and I told him that I wanted to do something and help the homeless people. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that last Christmas we did the homeless bags, so I kind of want to do that again. So, um, I posted it on Facebook, so a bunch of y'all already know. I want to get stuff and make bags for the homeless. I don't really have a deadline. I kind of want to do it at the end of this month, but I'll collect things until then. So. All right. So, Jaina to translate for some of you <laughs> no you did great you great so she's always wanted to help those who need help and so she has started something and really um it started with miss uh uh tanya blanton for the past two or three years she's helped us make homeless bags and so jana's kind of taken the initiative herself a teenager to do something to impact the community she wants to love on the people who are unlovable you see, in, in Mark twelve, it says, "Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength." And what's the second thing? Love your neighbor as yourself. So that that means the guy down the road that 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 lives next door that wears a Joe Biden hat that you can't stand. That means love him. That means the guy with the MAGA hat on that is so obnoxious probably gets on your nerves sometimes. Um, but that means love him. That means that means the guy that's, that's laying in the grassy knoll behind Burger King and probably doesn't have a dime to his name, doesn't know Jesus and never experienced any love in his life ever before. That means love him. And you know what? That lady or that couple that you know that has everything together, they, they have all the money, great kids, everything, but they don't have Jesus. That means love them. It means love the people who are beside you. It means love your family. It means love your friends. And that's hard for us to do. You want to know why? Because we, we're too busy on our phone, okay? We're too busy worrying about stuff that doesn't matter. And here she is. She wants to make an impact in the community. So we have a box out there, and they can bring, and, and we have a list on Facebook, and we'll get some lists print, printed out. And I'm proud of her for taking the initiative. We want to make something that give y'all to take to the community. And maybe even later on, Make a small bag or something that you can keep in your vehicle. If you see someone, you can just say, hey, Jesus loves you. God wanted me to give this to you. You ain't got to say North Point. You ain't got to say anything about you. All you got to say is Jesus loves you and give them something that they probably will need. And I'm proud of her for doing that. And so, good job. Thank you. Thank you. You know, one of the hardest things to do as a believer is to self-examine, to look at ourselves. And I'll be honest with you, I have to do that every day. Because I have been a believer now since I was 12 years old, so I'm 39. So you'd think that I would have it all together, right? But I don't. Being a believer is a process. You grow. And so I don't want some of you here to be disheartened because maybe you're not doing something for the homeless, but what I'm trying to say is, guys, when, if you are here and you are a believer, Jesus Christ is your first love. Who saved you? Who died on the cross for you? Who made a way for you? You didn't make it your way. Jesus did. And see, the problem with me is, um, we're going to talk about the church in Ephesus. They lost their first love. They forgot what it was like. And so we'll turn to Revelation. Chapter 2, verse 4. And Jesus said this to the church in Ephesus. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Then listen to this. Turn back to me and do what you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from, from its place among the churches. But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of a Nicolation just as I do. And so guys, some of you here today, it's my firm belief that you have been a Christian for so long that you have banked on how many years you've been a Christian. But I ask you this, how many years have you been actually serving God? See, when God moves, we need to follow him. When God does something, we need to be obedient to him, not what we think. See, that's what that's what making adjustments is. And sometimes, guys, we need to be called out. I need to be called out. I have friends that call me out that, that say, hey, you know, you, you're worrying too much or, or, or you need to do this. I have people that do that for me. Tiana and I, we try to do that for each other spiritually. And is it easy, Tiana? No, because I'm an absolute mess sometimes. You know, and then add on top of me, guys, I've got a brain tumor, and, and she's, how many months pregnant now? One, two, four, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, she just, it seemed like yesterday. So, uh, and were we expecting either one of this? No, but at the end of the day, regardless of the circumstances that you're in, it, God is not like a president who comes in every four years. God is not something that we just decide every once in a while. God is not like someone who comes in and out of our life and undependable. Despite the circumstances, it does not change God. His love is unfailing. His love for you is unchanging. Nothing can ever stop that. But, guys, you don't know that because you never look at yourself. You never self-examine for yourself. So I challenge you this morning, make a self-examination. Be honest with who you are with God. Is God number one in your life or not? And that's why I need Tiana. Because guys, some days that I worry, I'm like, I don't know what this tumor is going to do. But I have faith in God because regardless of my circumstances, God's going to do something good. Guys, listen, we put so much emphasis and importance in things that don't matter. I've heard my people say many times, if you, if you die with a dollar in your pocket, what's the next phrase, people? You, you die with a dollar too much? <laughs> hey, guys, listen, listen. And I've thought about this because I've, I've never had a tumor before. If I'm on my deathbed, what do I want? What is the most important thing to me if I am on my deathbed? Yes. God is most important. What's number two? Family. You want your family there, right? Am I gonna be thinking about how big or small my house is? Uh am I gonna be thinking about how expensive my car is? I mean, no. I'm gonna be thinking about things that matter. Thing, am I gonna be thinking about my checking account? Am I gonna be calling the bank up and saying, hey, how much do I have? Because I might die in the next 30 minutes. It, Am I going to be looking at Facebook to see if I care if anybody likes a picture or even cares that I might be on deathbed? No, because that's not going to add value to anything. But listen, nothing you do for the world adds value to your life like God can. Everything you do for God adds automatic value. So yes, if you take an hour a day every morning, pray. Pray. Make that extra effort. God wants to give you his wisdom. He wants to show you his love. He wants to be your first love. I told the youth this other week, 15 minutes of reading the Bible a day, you will have the Bible read in one year. Just 15 minutes. Some of us are on, I, I'm, I'm sorry, this, is, this might be X-rated. Some of you are on the toilet for two hours looking at Facebook. And you can't give God 15 minutes in his word. Hello? Put the crap away. Look for what's real and look for what's fake. I'm just being honest with y'all. And if I'm stepping on toes, then trust me, my toes are hurting right now. Because God has run all over me. God has given me a tumor. I don't know what's next. I've got a baby on the way. We wasn't expecting that. God's funny. <laughs> but God provides. I have been through so many God moments in my own personal walk with God. I have heard his voice so loud and clear that I can't deny what he is doing. And I've seen God moments in some of y'all's lives. God, it, when you take your focus off of God, you start sinking in the water, right? Right? You take your focus off of Jesus, you start sinking in the water, and when you start sinking in the water, you forget what Jesus has done for you already. Guys, I'm telling you, this is spiritual warfare. It is important for you to fight with everything that you. It is important for you to adjust your life around God and not say, "Hey, God, I'm going to give you, God, I, I'm going to give you five minutes today." Hey, God, um, I'm, I'm going to make some time for you today. No, God needs to be your life. He need to be your salvation. If he saved you, you need to fight tooth and nail to be close to him. Now, I've got another illustration and uh trying to make sure I'm good on time here. Because I don't want Carrie to go crazy with the kids. And uh So this vase right here represents your life. Some of you have seen this, some of you hadn't. You have just be quiet and watch. Um, <laughs> this vase is your life. Now, this rice represents things that don't matter. To be honest with you, it represents things that distract us from God, but we still like to do, right? I mean, we live way out in the country, so. Sometimes it's a twenty-minute drive for us to go to Starbucks, right, Long. or longer. <laughs> but these things represent the, the rice. Represent things that really, at the end of the day, don't matter. Um, whether it's TV, social media, um, things that things that you kind of put before God, okay. And you kind of declare them more important. So I'm just going to pour this in here. All right. So the golf balls represent important things in your life. And they're big moments, big things. So I'll put them in here. I've got I'll put one more. These are big moments, right? But here's the problem. You wasted your time on stuff that don't matter. You're missing out on things that really matter. You're missing out on things that God wants you to experience. He wants you to experience love and 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 and, and he wants you to experience joy. Happiness, I've told you this, happiness is very brittle. Joy is eternal. Joy is constant. The joy of the Lord is constant. But the problem is we spend all our life doing the things we think matter. We don't have, by the time we're at the end of our life, we we have regrets because we don't have time to do the things that do matter. Just being honest with y'all. It's a sad reality. And and what happens is we turn into Ephesus. We lose our passion. Why? Because we're depressed. And why are we depressed? Because we realize, oh, my goodness, I have wasted time worrying about, thinking about things that don't amount to nothing. I could have been doing important things. so on this thought, I want to turn to uh, Matthew 6.33. It says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. And what have I been telling y'all all morning? Put God first. Seek God above everything else. Make God the most important thing. And so guys, this this is what happens. So I'm gonna take these big moments out. And then I'm gonna get the things that we like but don't really matter, right? Um, video games playing on our phone uh, just simple things so what happens is what if you put the big moments first so I'll go ahead and say the first one God, what if you put God first family, right family is important, right I'll be honest with you having a job is important, right Jobs, going to church, is that important? Yes. Personal Bible study, is that important? Yes. Yep. Home groups, we have a home group. Is that important to live life together? Yes. Very important. Spending time with God in prayer, right? Prayer time important. Can anybody give me one? Peony you got one? You're half crying. I don't know why. <laughs> Family. Family. Family? yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. This is this is big stuff, right? And so the verse says in 633, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he says he will give you everything you need. He will add. So I'm going to take this. The things that we that are not a priority compared to these things. I'm going to take this. Happen. See those little things that don't really matter? When you put God first, God says, hey, because you put me first, I want you to enjoy it too. You think God's a mean guy, but he's not. All he's asking for you is just to put him first, number one in your life. Isn't this amazing that God wants this for us? Is this not a great visual for us to see that when you go all in for God, when you go all out for Jesus Christ, when you when you make the sacrifices to spend an hour a day with God, when you make the sacrifices to spend time with your family, when you make the sacrifices to spend time in prayer, when you make sacrifices to to have a job to provide for your family, when you make those sacrifices and make the things that are, are important, make them the most important, and the things that you think, God, I... I really want this car. I really want this truck. God, I really want to go on a vacation to the Cantoon, but God, I know that's not important. Guess what? It is important to God because it's important to you. And you're important to God because you put him first. Y'all get it? God's not some mean God and said, no, you, you can't have this, this, this. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to live a full life. But here's the thing, Satan messes with our minds, and what was the first thing we saw? We did all the things that didn't matter first, and we put God last. And what happened? You come to the end of your life, and you have nothing but regret. You lose the passion for God. You become like the church of Ephesus, and you're like, Jesus has to call you out and say, you've lost your first love. You've forgotten what it's like when you were saved and and brought out of damnation and, and brought out of hell. You forgot what it's like when you needed a life change. You needed to be saved. What are we saved from? We're saved from hell. Could we deserve it. But Jesus came. Jesus came. God in human form came to this earth and took a punish that, punishment that I deserve. It was me that's supposed to be on the cross. It was you that's supposed to die for what you've done wrong. But no, Jesus showed us Grace. He showed us mercy. He showed us love. And in return, when he saves us, he shows us how to love our neighbors. He shows us how to love him. And that's why the greatest thing you're calling on earth today, right here in this moment, is to learn how to love. Love the unlovable. Love the people that you think don't care about you. Love and don't expect anything in return. That's hard to do for us. Because in this society, if I give you something, I want something back, right? In Jesus' reality, he gives and gives and gives, and we keep messing up, we keep messing up, and every time we fall down, he picks us up again. You are never too far gone from God for him to pick you up. I share this story every time I preach, and as it's old as it's old it can be, but when Tiana and I first started dating, someone made the comment, she was in my 76 Chevrolet and she was sitting right here. And I had an uncle make the comment, Man, I seen y'all driving down the road It looked like a two headed dragon. <laughs> y'all were so close to each other. I was like, Man, I'm in love. You know? But then I went on to read a story of an older couple. The lady, when they first got married, she sat right there. And then about 10 years, she slid down. About 20 years, she's on the other side of the truck. And the lady, the wife said, honey, we don't ever sit together no more. And he says, honey, you're the one that moved. You're the one that slid down. God is looking at you today and saying, honey, I ain't moved. I'm right where I've been the whole time. And he's begging, just like Jesus begged the church of Ephesus, he's begging you today to come back to him. I got a story of grace, and I'm going to share this right quick. I hope I got time. Uh, yeah, I got a little bit of time. So a couple weeks ago, Tiana, we do the automatic. Oh, not the automatic. We do the, the grocery pickup from Walmart. Raise your hand if you do that. God bless you because it works half the time. So, um, <laughs> and the rest of you, I don't know how you do grocery, but it, it is a great thing. So Tiana had this thing, and she had a when the world going. Life moving fast, you just make decisions. Well, Tiana had a doctor's appointment and she wasn't going to leave Spartanburg until three o'clock. And guess what time the grocery pickup was? Of course. But if anybody can do it, Tiana can do it. So, um, but that being said, we, uh, I told the kids, I picked them up from school and I said, hey, we're going to go by the youth house because I bet your mama's going to call <laughs> and say, hey, babe, can you go by Walmart and get the groceries? So that's what I did. We went to the youth house. So Brent, you ready with the pictures? So I walked into the youth house with my three kids. And first picture, this is what I saw. Glass on the floor. Next picture. And the next picture. And so I told the kids to stay at the door. I told the kids to stay at the door. And Maverick, my six-year-old, he said, Daddy, is this a crime scene? <laughs> and I said, you know what, son? I believe you're right. It is. So someone had taken a cinder block from the back patio and thrown it through. And for those of you who don't know, our youth house is right here. When we purchased this, parking right here, it came with a house. And we turned it into a youth house. And it's really I mean, guys, you just don't know how many Gaffney High football players I've had come tell me, hey, Kurt, can we stay here? We don't want to go home. Can we stay here? This is a safe place for us. Kurt, can I bring a sleeping bag? please let us stay so uh, anyway walk around I think I got a couple more pictures go ahead and show them Uh, Charlie came um, put up the uh, plywood very expensive plywood by the way I think it costs like 50 bucks for a couple of them so go ahead Is that it? All right. So so what happened was, walked in and someone threw cinder block through the back and uh, they came in and got all our video game systems. So we had two Xbox Ones and a Nintendo Wii. Uh, They didn't take our TVs. And really, to my knowledge, nothing other than the damage, I mean, nothing else was taken. Called the police, they came out, and, you know, they did their, what they can do. You know, Uh, hey... He made this one comment that kind of struck me off. And, and I'm I'm very, I love police, don't get me wrong, but he just kind of said, hey, I want you to understand, you know, you got to face the reality that it could be one of your young people. And But he said it in such a way that unnerved me. And I said, and, and, and Charlie, Charlie, you in here, do you, you remember when he said that? You know, he I was like, well, that's not going to stop me from reaching them. Because at the end of the day, it, may not been them. It could have been just some random person that just looked through the window, saw it, and they took it. I don't know. But listen, you want to talk about my heart was kind of broke. My heart was broken because those guys that come and play, the guys that come and hang out, these video games are sort of a, an avenue to get away from the trap. They call it the trap. The reason they call it trap because they don't ever leave. Once you're there, you're there for all your life. The life of drugs and violence. They play these video games because really that's that's the only way they don't have to participate. Does that make sense? And some of y'all, and I, I'm one of them. I could care less about it. About one. I don't care about it. I, I don't. I, do they need it? No, they don't. But at the same time, I can see where it makes them happy. It gives them an opportunity to, hey, they're not around bad influence. They're not around. They're not out there selling drugs. I'd rather have them there with me playing a video game than than going to jail. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yes. And so, uh, my, my heart was broken. You can ask Tiana. And it, and it happened at the same time that the COVID thing happened here at the church. And so we had like a couple of weeks off, and I just I hit a depression. I don't even know why. I don't even know why I did. It's just stupid video games. God's going to work it. I know he is. And I'm just dealing with this, and my heart just kind of going through the motions with it. And so our first Wednesday back, I had not told, I didn't send out a mass text to everyone. Some of y'all have been members here since the day the church started, and you're probably just now finding out about it. And I apologize. But the goal is not to go out and and create a ruckus and, hey, let's find these people. Let's nail them. Let's send their butt to jail. You know what I mean? I, I didn't do that. And I don't know why, but most of y'all that have been coming. Know Zach Potter, and y'all know um, Haley, his fiance. And most of y'all, if you know Zach, this time a year ago, where was he? Got Zach? Zach was in jail. But these past, ever since the men's retreat, Zach and Haley have been coming. They've been faithful. Zach's written a song. He got it out on Spotify, iTunes, and. It's a great song about redemption, and I've, if ever there's been a turnaround in somebody's life, it's, it's been his. And so Wednesday night, our first night back together for you, I felt led to say, Hey, Zach, at the very, very, very last second, come and share your testimony. And that's what he did. He shared what, he, what he'd done, the drug, the addiction, the, 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 the time in jail. He shared about the scariest things he's seen in jail. He, he shared about the best things he's seen in jail. And then on the flip side of that, I asked Miss Haley, I said, Haley, some people here are not the ones who are addicted or going through it, but their parents are, their siblings are. What do you have to say to them? What words of advice and love do you have for them? And all Haley could say was grace. She said, when you see someone you love, just drive themselves down into the ground. And there's nothing physically that you can do for them except for pray. And just show them grace, show them grace, show them grace. And, and when she said that, it was a visual for me that she was being Jesus to Zach, just like Jesus wants us to be for the world. And so I look at Zach, and I love Zach and Hayden and, 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 and I'm proud of him. But I brought, at the end of youth, I brought Zach up on stage. And I, well, I didn't bring him up on stage, but I said, guys, the people that broke the youth house, They very well could be like Zach. And while I would want the utmost punishment for him, I want to bring the hammer down on him, I would not take away the experiences that he's had with Jesus these past three, four, five months. Because God is changing him. So this is what we did as a youth group. I said, guys, let's pray for the people that stole it. Let's pray for the people that broke in. Let's pray. Number one, if they stole it, they probably sold it. So they probably need money. So we pray that, that, that God would provide a meal for them, that God would give them food. Maybe they're homeless, that God would give them a place to stay. N- Number three, we pray that God would give them an opportunity, maybe even at some point in time to come here at North Point and say, hey, yeah, I was one of those doodads that broke in and stole the gaming system. But do y'all see what I'm saying? Instead of getting up here and just beating down on whoever it is broke into the youth house, I showed grace to them. Why? Because every day that I'm alive, God shows me grace. Every day that I'm alive, every day that I wake up, yeah, no doubt, I've got a brain tumor. But guess what? I woke up this morning. Guess what? I'm here this morning. That's the grace and the love of God. Guess what? What you're going through and what you went through, you're here right now by the grace of God. Don't ever forget that. Hey, if I expect that from me, by golly, I better be ready to give it away. Don't lay the hammer down on somebody and expect God to pour his love all over you. And I told the cop, and Charlie was standing there, I said, you know, man, I'm just praying that they'll bring it back. They'll put it on the front front porch and just leave a note and say, hey, Sorry. You know, and that cop just looked at me like, "Man, you got some big face." You're right, I do, because I serve a big God. Amen? Amen. It don't make sense, does it? No, but God can do that. He can work in people's lives. See, we always look at the negative. We, we always look at what we're not doing. God wants you to look at what he can do through you. God sees you. He doesn't see a person who's messed up. He doesn't see a person who's hurting. He sees potential. He sees you doing mighty and great things in your life for his glory. Guys, every decision you need to make, it needs to be, be based on God. Wake up in the morning for God. Go to work for God. Go to school for God. Come to church for God. When you spend time with your wife or your husband, do it for God. When you spend time with your kids, do it for God. Do it for Him, because He is worth it. He is all that matters. And so, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, I'm crying too much. I can't see my Bible. Let's read it up here. (laughs) Um, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So, guys, at the end of the day. Some of you hearing me hollering and shouting at you to put God put first, put God first, put God first. You've never put God first in your life. And the scripture says if you just call out to him, he will save you. God is a, a saving God. God wants to pull you out of the mess. He Patrick Jack always says he wants to take your mess and turn it into his message. The challenge for you this morning is to live for him. Love for him. Do it for him. And guys, if you can't do it for yourself, at least do it for these young people over here. All the jacked up stuff that we see in the world and social media that they're looking at, can can some of y'all please rise up to the occasion and be men and women of faith that they can look up to. Please. I don't care how old you are, I don't care how, how young you are, but our young people need to see faith in the action. Faith without works, it's dead. But guys, you live for Jesus and you all out for him. They need to see that he is real in your lives. Because guess what? The t- statistics show that when kids graduate college that have grown up in church, 30% of them continue to be a Christian. The rest of them walk away from God. I need y'all. God needs you. Do you see your personal relationship with God is not always just about you? But the ripple effect that the mistakes that you've made, the bad choices that you've made, and the determination to serve God no matter what has a ripple effect on the people around you. And it's not about you. It's, it's about reaching the young people. It's about loving your neighbor. It's about giving hope when there seems to be no hope at all. And the final verse, Revelation 3, and the band can kind of come on up. Revelation 3, 20 and 21. This is Jesus talking. And y'all, whenever y'all get time, y'all go ahead and start playing, okay? It says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I am. I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. So this morning, some of you are hearing the knock on your heart. The thing is, God's not going to bust the door down. He wants to bust the door down, trust me. He wants to come after you. He wants to tear down those walls, but you have the choice. You have to open the door and allow him to come in. Some of you here... God knocking. But my most favorite part of the verse is, when you come to Jesus, we are victorious. How many people in the world today are living defeated lives when Jesus wants us to live victoriously? We can live victoriously because of the sacrifice that he made on the cross for us. We have victory this morning. And I see believers in the world today that act like they're, they are got their tail tucked between their legs like they've been whooped up by Satan. Jesus is your victory. Jesus made a way for you. You are winning. Yes, Satan wins some of the battles, but God has won the war. God cannot be defeated. God would never lose. God loves you like no one ever can. God loves you more than your parents ever did. God loves you. God desires you. He wants you closer than a brother. A mother, a father, he desires you. He just wants you to talk to him, spend time with him. And guys, never, don't forget what I said. Make God the priority and his word the final authority in your life this morning. Let's pray and we're going to have invitation. Father God, just so grateful for your word. God, right now we lift up Jack and Debbie and pray that you continue to keep them safe. God, I pray for the souls in this room. I know a lot of people in here are believers already, God, but some of them just needed, they're just like me. We need a swift kick in the butt to get us in the right direction. Sometimes our aim is not where it needs to be, God. God, be the one that fixes our aim on Jesus. And may the center of that aim be the cross. And may we look to Jesus. And God, I pray for those souls who are here this morning who have not asked you in their life, I pray, God, I pray for the ones in this room and I pray for the souls not in this room, the ones that are out in the world right now, here in this moment. I pray that some way, somehow, Holy Spirit, you will convict that they will come before you and surrender their hearts and lives to you. That God, the direction that they're going in, the life that they wanted to live, they want you. They want more. They want the best. They want everything that you have to offer, God. And I pray that they come this morning seeking you, changing over from life, from death, and changing over into life. Because, God, you are good. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to have some of the home group leaders, if y'all will, come down on the sides. If you need prayer, come get me or some of the home group leaders. We want to be there with you. We want to pray for you right here in this moment. Don't let this moment just die away just because, hey, you're hungry. I pray in my heart of heart that you're hungry for more of God right here in this moment. And if everybody in here is lost, I pray that everybody here comes to know Jesus. Amen. All right, so let's stand and let's sing. Give the band another hand. Is that a, that's an original that you wrote, right? Yeah. How many originals we did today? Oh, wow. So every song that you heard this morning is something that the band wrote. So y'all can get back to your seats. Um, and Kurt uh, didn't know that, and he's in the band.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, just uh, um, I'm going to pray right quick. Y'all go ahead and have a seat. Um, Father God, just, uh, just grateful for you, Father. I'm grateful for your word this morning. Um, just pray that, God, your name is magnified. Your name is glorified. Um, Lord, We that we will seek you, that we will leave this place trusting you more than ever before. Uh, praying, still praying for life change. Praying that people in our congregation will continue to make adjustments in their life. Do what they have to do to draw close to you. And we're just grateful for your word, Father. Grateful for your love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.